Listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on Western Rick 102 FM. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome. You're tuned to Western Rick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty, for the next maybe 35, 40 minutes there, thereabouts. Um, we had nothing last week due to unforeseen circumstances. Um, my, my fault. I, I wasn't available and I couldn't do the, the recording. Um. Other than that, we're we're all going. We're up and we're about, and we're getting there. And sure, look, we're getting through it. And there's a couple of events starting to happen. I was at an event myself last Sunday. Um, it was in Artford in, in North Kerry. It was a tractor run in aid of the social club of Tralee University or Tralee University Hospital. Just to thank everyone there. That that I suppose what they're doing in the frontline staff at the moment um it was to go towards to the money raised was to go towards them just i suppose a small debt of gratitude there was over 107 tractors left at Ferton. we went back through church hill down towards phoenix if any of you know phoenix village down out where the lighthouse bar used to be at one time into Tralee, um in the main street in Tralee, in carcely up rock street um, up Dinny Street, uh, away up the middle of the town, and around above by the hospital, and that's where my run came to finish because I got a puncher. But these things happen. Um, there was a fellow there, Damien Jose, came to my rescue very fast, and I caught back up with the the group A again in Artford, and um, we got there and we got home. It was a, f- a fantastic day and a well organised event, and uh, well organised by all. There's another event coming up similar enough in Abidorney in our Kerry and the the August bank holiday weekend. Um that's their plan. That's the plan now. There's social distancing and all this is being a here to and um there's no pubs, there's no nothing, you just you just try and raise a few pounds for whatever and you know, if any of you out there are listening and you're thinking about doing a similar enough event to what they do in Artford, whether it be a car run or a tractor run, give us a shout here. Drop us a line to West Limerick Radio, myself, Morgan O'Flaherty, and we'll get you on the air and we'll talk to you about your event and who decided to do it and what was what and what was this and this was that and so on. And we'll make it up as we go along. And um, But that's kind of it. Um, this morning we're going to talk Belarus tractors. Now, there was a, an individual supposed to talk to me about Belarus tractors from Wicklow, Noel Clancy. He'd be the main Belarus kind of agent in, in Ireland at the moment. There was a few of them. There was a crowd in Kilmacow and Kilkenny. But they they were they were the real Belarus people. These were, um, actually, it was a factory. It was a, it was a place set up in Kilmacow and Kilkenny. And it was set up by the factory in Russia. Um, there were, uh, I suppose, an arm or a leg or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they were direct, directly linked anyway to the factory. The the woman there, she was the manager. She was, oh, I can't think of her name now. Doesn't matter her name anyway. But the secretary was was Swatslana. One of the salespeople there was Igor, and um, Natalia was the manager. And they had an Irish accountant, his name was John, but they're gone. So 
you want to buy Belarus or you want to find out about Belarus tractors, you are talking about going to North Clancy in Wicklow at the moment. Um, unfortunately, Noel was to come on and talk with us this morning, but um, due to unforeseen circumstances, he wasn't available. And um, there's another individual in, in Kilkenny, he's Colm Keneally, and he does new Belarus tractors as well. So look, if you want to get out there and get a Belarus, uh, they're a cheap tractor. I've great faith in Belarus. I've always liked Belarus tractors, and I've had a few different Belaruses. In fact, last Wednesday I went looking at another Belarus, and um, uh, it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit to be desired. We we put it that way. Um, of course, on my YouTube channel, if you go on to YouTube and type in Morgan O'Flaherty, I have um, a walk around of a 920 Belarus. And I have a couple of pictures taken of older Belaruses. They're up there as well in a couple of different videos or photograph videos or whatever you want to call it. Um, but look, that's it. We're, I suppose the, the, the recording you're going to hear next is the recording I done earlier on um, with a man by the name of Malcolm Brown. I've dealt with Malcolm Brown on a few occasions for Belaruses and for pieces and, and there's, there's no problem getting them off of him. He's over in a place called, is it Liverstock? He can he can be telling you the name of it. Liverstock, it's in the UK. Um, Malcolm Brown, he's the main Belarus importer into the UK. And uh, I spoke to him um, earlier on today and this is uh, what he has to say. On the phone with us this morning, we have um, a man... I suppose a very well-known name in, in the tractor industry and in the, in the Belarus tractor industry as such is a man by the name of Malcolm Brown. Malcolm, you're very welcome and thanks for coming on with us. Thank you, anyway. No bother, Malcolm. Malcolm, I suppose you're... I suppose we'll we, we call you the Belarus guru of tractors in the UK and, 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 and Ireland as well, I suppose. Ah, uh, really? Island a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm, I suppose Belarus tractors, they wouldn't, they, I suppose, I won't say fellas, whatever, they wouldn't be a very well known brand out there. Maybe not. They, they never quite got the good name. You know, they, they always had, when when the first, I think, what armed them in England anyway, they, they came over and sold a lot of tractors in a short time. Mm -hmm. And and, and they were setting up the spares department in a big way, but when people first were ringing up for spares, there, there weren't there weren't there weren't many available, you know, straight away, you know. Yes. But they were setting up. They were setting up a massive depot, you know. But it just it just happened that. So when I bought my first tractor, in, I bought my first one around seventy nine, nineteen eighty, mm -hmm. and the, the, there was the stigma was that you couldn't get any spares for it at the time, you know. But by, but by you know by by the late late seventies there, there were spares were readily available at, at, at very sensible prices like yeah 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 and 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 still are today yeah 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 that's like you know I know a fellow here one time he worked um he worked in the local Belarus dealership here and um he told me like that like your story you now one time the very 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 earlier on um. The starter or something went and went in the tractor and was more or less a new tractor, and of course they had to send to Russia for the track for the starter, and he said it was, took something like three weeks for the starter to come, 
But he said what yeah, they ended yeah. up doing was robbing the starter off another one that was sitting in the yard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what... But Malcolm, why why Belarus? Why did you decide to, to uh, go with Belarus? Me, for me, we, I, grew up, I grew up farming with my dad. And, um, you know, my, my old my old granddad and everybody were farming industry. So we've, um, we grew up and, and we didn't have a lot of money. And we, we had... Uh, we had some older tractors and it, it was quite a, we bought a 70 horsepower one first and it was a big tractor yeah for the time and and the money was right you know it was only the money situation yeah yeah of course like we, we would give we would give around six or seven hundred pounds for a two-wheel drive that were maybe four years old like at the time you know yeah very very reasonably priced compared to some other brands that were yeah. available yeah i mean money's changed maybe i think when i look back i think probably Probably the tractor I bought new might have not cost much more than fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. We really, we really wanted something about four to five hundred quid, but so six or seven were his maximum. <laughs> that's how that's what you would scrape up. Yeah. And we say compare compare the price that time to the equivalent tractor that would have been alongside it in another dealership. Like, was the Belarus much cheaper? I think at the time, you know, I, I want. The, the, the mid seventies, I didn't really know. I was only just getting. I, I was, I think, I was fifteen when we bought our first one. Mm-hmm. So we just, you know, we, we're only that time that I was looking. And I think new stuff then. I think brand new Belarus's they were advertising around two, two or three grand. Yeah. But uh, you know, but that, the, but I think they were like the older stock stuff. They were just coming out with the later cabs, new cabs and stuff. Were all getting big around the late seventies, early nine, early eighties. Right. Yeah. Negotiations. Yeah, pro- probably at that time, you know, maybe a Ford on Massey probably would have been six or eight, wouldn't it? Easily, you know, maybe maybe ten even. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you have to like, like I, everyone has to admit, like the Belarus tractor is it definitely is a, is value for money. Even even in yeah. today's prices for a Bel- or a new Belarus, they are value yeah. for money. Like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. No, you know, they're, they're, they're a basic tractor, and that's why people went away from them. And actually, we, we in England, we, I've done quite well over the past few years at, at, because of the unreliability of everything else. Yeah, yes. You know, the, 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 the masses and stuff, you know, because like the Datatronic and Autotronic gearboxes and stuff like that, electro-hydraulics, you know, yeah. people just get that sick of it. They, they just they, they want a more basic tractor, don't they? You know, they, that's they, what sort they, of happens, they, they want a big gear stick going down through the middle of the floor with no buttons on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like some of the more modern stuff, remember the more modern stuff, some of the more, I suppose we call it, uh, technical stuff, like they're gone, they're gone beyond, 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 beyond most people's reach, like, and, and comprehension of even how to work them. Yeah. As I mean, for, a lot of still do. A lot of still do the electro-hydraulics, but... Every time, what, what what happens, the way that you do stuff, you do a contract, and you can always renew your contract with a small increase in price every year. That's what seems to happen. Yes. If, if you want something new, like when they come out with a new cab, if you want the big panoramic cab, it's another £4,000. Right, yes. So, so, you know, if you start pricing your tractor, a little bit of 
have add-ons and the new cab makes it look good, but all of a sudden, you know, your tractor's gone from 20 grand to 25 grand really easily, you know? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what, yeah. That, that's what we're happening. So we've always sort of stuck with something, you know, we've upgraded as, as good a stuff we could, like having wet brakes, you know, and, and, and but we've always, you know, if it, like aircon, we've always, if we can have aircon for a thousand pound, then we'd fit that if somebody wanted it, you know, give it an option. Yes. But we've always kept the prices, that, you know, we know we're selling on price most of the time, so we, you know, we, we don't, we don't, even when the when they've got this fancy electric hydraulics, you know, no, not many people are arable farming. What, what by my tractor, so I never really, you know, bring it into. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you had a, if you had an all singing and dancing hundred horsepower tractor, you could have easily put five or ten thousand on the price very easily. You know, with with different cabs and electric hydraulics and stuff. You know. And we say, so uh, I've, I've always kept to one thing. <laughs> yeah, in your in your experience over the last whatever thirty nearly 40 odd years now um, what would you say would have been the best Belarus tractor the best ones I mean I do I do like the modern ones but I mean everybody seems to like the 862s you know yeah. you know 90 horsepower four wheel drives yeah um, you know the 1062 the turbo in England were a real good tractor yeah um, but I think I think Yumo actually put the turbos on here but it was quite a bit more money I think at the time it'd be it'd be too Two, two and a half grand more than a than a normal ninety off at the time. So I think I I only ever sold two of them. Yeah. Brand new, like. yeah, but like I suppose to see I suppose Belarus too have simplicity. You can correct me on this, but as far as I know, Belarus we say from the late seventies were the exact same up until around nineteen ninety three. Am I right in saying that? They never, they never ever changed them. The, 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 the... They, just, they, just, they just changed a little bit of stuff, didn't they? Yeah. They, they, they dropped off. They, they sold a lot of tractors in the 70s in England. And the, around early 80s, they were, they, were, they were not selling very many. Maybe maybe even the teens amount in a year. Yeah. But by the time, that, then when they came out with that better carbon stuff, around 83, 84, by, by, by 86, 87, they were back selling 250, 300 tractors a year, like, you know? Yeah, fantastic. And, and that's, so, yeah, and, and that, that continued into the 90s. They started off with a synchro tractor here around 95, but that they put, they put the price up, and that killed it again. They put the price up two or 3,000, you know? And yeah. at that time, Case were doing the 4230s and 4240s at uh, sensible money, so the Belars were almost at the same money as them. Yes. And, you know, and it... And it and they lost the sales again by then, but they needed to go wet brakes by that time and stuff, and they never did. You know, yeah. they, they still had the dry brakes and stuff, and people were starting to do more road work and faster and bigger trailers, and, you know, the wet brakes were a lot of, you know, if it cost a £1,000 per tractor, they should have put it on, I think, you know. Yeah, they probably should have, and even trailer yeah. brakes and all this kind of stuff. Like, Yeah. And they, did, they did look at, England looked at buying Lucas brakes, but they, they were going to, they had to buy a thousand sets of brakes to get them at a thousand pound, I think. All right, okay. You know, so, yeah. they, so they looked at, if they put them on every tractor, it was still only going to be, it was going to be four or five years. Before to be paid off. On, on every, on every tractor to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but looking back, looking back, it might have worked, you know, but you never know, like. <laughs> and tell me, Malcolm, you mentioned them there, UMO, UMO. Who are yeah. who are the UMO? They for UMO. UMO were a big, a real big company. They, they they had four Russian directors as well as a couple of English directors, mm -hmm. and they they set up. They they are the people that 
they were Umo plant they called them so they were set up for the big for the motorway building and the big you know grader blades and dump trucks yes and then they realised that they, they Safra were bringing a few cars to England selling a lot of cars and I think Umo Umo started selling tractors and that they brought a, you know I think they brought a few in in 72, 73, 74 I would say they might have sold a thousand tractors in a year yeah you know, 74, 75, 76, something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course... But, but, it, but, but it was a four-wheel drive, wasn't it? I think Gunny's Eater had a four-wheel drive at the time, you know. Yeah, because I remember there was a friend of mine, they had a 52 Super, which is a very, very old one. Yeah. And they had a, a David Brown. The David Brown was more or less the exact same year. It came out in 77. It was, it was I think it was yeah. a 12, 12 or 12, 10 or something. And yeah. the 12... 12, 1210 David Brown was so basic compared to the Belarus. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. the Belarus came standard four wheel drive, standard extra lifts, extra, the lifts were powered up and down. The four wheel drive yeah. comes on with a bare slip. Do you know the Belarus was such. Well, that, that, that tractor was designed like that in 65, I think, 66 in, in Belarus. All right, so okay. They, they yeah. had, in, in Belarus, they had, they had automatic four wheel drive, power assisted steering. Two-way hydraulics with spool valves on, you know. So they were they were really way way, and they had independent PTO and stuff. They were way way ahead of the time then in yeah. the 60s, really. You know, oh. by the time they got into England in the 70s, they were still pretty well advanced, weren't they, for the time? Like. Oh, wow, yeah. What about the newer Belarus's then, Malcolm's? The the ones that are available at the moment, or the the, the plans and bringing out the new type. Okay, yeah. But the, the dot sixes, I think the, the dot sixes haven't been really available, and, but they've, they've got all of a sudden the the, um, the tractor factory owns the German company, Olympics. So they, they, that would be like Ireland used to be at Waterford, you know. Right, were, okay. Part owned by the tractor factory, and so they, they, they've got the first tractors, but all of a sudden they've got tractors for sale now, dot six, you know, where, where they haven't really been available, that, you know. Yeah, been yeah. Talking yeah. About Yeah, of course. What people don't realise as well, Malcolm, is and as for a lot of people, that Belarus is probably probably one of the only type, one of the only tractors in the world that most of the compo- components of the tractor is made in house. Yeah, they do they do buy stuff in a lot now, but usually it's all Belarusian companies in it. But yeah. it's such a big way. You know, they're in such a big way that you can't really build everything in-house. Yes. You know, you know. But I think 20,000 people work at the factory anyway. Impressive, yeah. But they're, they're, producing, they're producing somewhere in the region of maybe 300 tractors per day. Yeah. You know, obviously, the, the, more, the bigger the models go, the, the, less, the less amount of tractors they produce, you know. Yeah. I know, my, am I right or wrong as well, Lynn, in saying this, but I think I read someplace one time that Belarus has something like seven percent of the of the tractor sales worldwide. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think they say one in ten now. One in one in ten tractors in the world is a Belarus tractor. Yeah. So they can't all be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. 
No, you know, and I suppose you you're you're dealing with Belarus tractors, and of course, if anyone wants to buy a Belarus tractor, they can contact yourself. Yes, any spares or tractors, we can sort them out. Yeah, and you you you'll ship them on to Ireland, and there'll be no problems there. There's no problem that way now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. allow me to do it now because the tractor factories that we've drawn their plant there now. You know, the what the what the. the they're actively asking me to do it, but only this is only in the last really, you know, month. Like, and so yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so everyone, look out for the the new Belarus tractor coming down the road, sold by Malcolm Brown. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm, come here. Thanks for coming on with us. Okay. And we we appreciate your time, and we wish you the very very best to look into the future, and hopefully that you you'll make a few sales into Ireland. Get a few going and and, and we 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 we'll get cracking at it and hopefully we should best yeah. look. It'll be it, it'll be like starting off as a small company again. <laughs> it will be yeah it will be and sales and promotions and everything else and I'll do my best for you yeah. on this side anyway. We'll get we'll get we'll try and get one or two tractors out there for a bit, for a little bit and then we'll see where we go from that. Yeah 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 perfect Malcolm. Okay. Okay. Thanks Malcolm we appreciate your time. Right thank you very thank much. Thank you thank you. Brilliant. That was um, Malcolm Brown there of uh, Belarus Tractors in Liverstock in in the UK. Um, like I said, I know Malcolm for a couple of years. I've I've dealt with Malcolm a few bits and pieces over the years. Malcolm is an absolute gentleman, and um, you know we wish him the very best. And like I said, he's hoping to start selling a few tractors and start selling um, pieces like that into Ireland. There was a dealership. There was. Um, or to call it um, a Belarus dealership in, in Kilkenny, but they recently closed. So Malcolm is hoping to take over the 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 role of it. So hopefully we wish him the very, very best to look. We're going to go to an ad break, and um, when we come back from the ad break, we're going to talk to our resident car guru, um, Dave Curran. Talk to you after these. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. Uh, you're tuned to West Limerick Radio, West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty with Country Life. Thanks again there to Malcolm Brown, who we had on before the, the ad break, and he spoke about Belarus tractors. I, I, have a love, I have a love of Belarus tractors. I always did. I don't know why. There's probably people throwing eggs and spoons and, and, and bowls of cornflakes and everything at the radio this minute, but... I, I did, okay, I've always had a soft spot for Belarus tractors, like I said to you, at the start of the show, I actually went away and looking, I was looking at a Belarus tractor Wednesday morning, um, not too far away from me, but we'll see, we'll see, I hope my wife isn't listening to this podcast, um, right, um, that's it, thanks again to Malcolm, and um, Malcolm, fair play to you, and I wish you the very best to look, he, Malcolm Brown is hoping to start selling a few Belarus tractors in Ireland, and um, he's a fantastic man for information on Belarus and all this kind of stuff. And you should look it up. Look up the Belarus. Um, he his daughter looks after a Facebook page there. Belarus tractors. Is it Belarus tractors UK? And there's Browns of uh, Browns Belarus. And if you give a look at see another Facebook page the other night, it was Belarusian, um, Belarusian agricultural tractors or Belarusian something like that. But it was uh, the main page to do with the Belarus factory. 
Like he said there, there's 20,000 people employed in the factory. Like if we think about Kerry Co-op down the, lo down the road in the stall, Kerry Co-op have 33,000 people employed worldwide. So 20,000 people in one factory. That must be, it, it's probably on my bucket list, number one, the bucket list, that I would love to visit the place. I, I'm told that from, we'll say the Bones Ditch to the Bones Ditch, it's supposed to be seven, seven miles or seven kilometers along the road. That's how big the place is. It's, it's supposed to be a phenomenal size of a, a, of a place. And how, how many tractors did he say? It was it 300 tractors a day they're putting out? That's that's impressive. But enough enough about tractors. We're going to go to our, our resident car guru um this morning. Dave Dave Corn, how are you? Uh, good good morning, Morgan. How are you keeping? Not so bad. Not so bad, Dave. Thank you for coming on with us. We we were talking about Belarus tractors beforehand and and uh, the man told me that Belarus tractors can produce up to 300 tractors a day. That's pretty impressive. So you're going to talk to us about Volkswagens, and I think they probably had a similar enough number. Yeah, well, I suppose not as much in Ireland, but uh, in, 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 in a worldwide scale, they would have definitely had that many made. But yeah. It's... Uh, I was just one of the corner of the Volkswagen Empire. Yeah. I and what was the story with, with Volkswagens, Dave? Do you know, uh, whose, I suppose, whose brainwave was it to, to bring him into Ireland in the start? Well, at the start, it was, uh, in Ireland, it was the first place to build Volkswagens outside of Germany. That's the kind of... Uh, Claim to fame that Ireland has really. Oh, well, it was all right. Okay, I never realised that. Mm -hmm. It was the very first uh, assembly line outside of Germany with the Beetle, and the very first Beetle that was actually made um, in Ireland is in the Volkswagen Museum in Germany. Okay, and right. And the number of that was ZL two two eight six. I don't know. Did they buy it back or did they keep it? I think they bought it back. Yeah. And. Uh, they have it in the museum now. There's a museum in Germany in Wolfsburg, the main place in Germany where Volkswagen uh, are built, and they have it there in the museum. A couple of lads, friends of mine have been there and they've seen it, and it's pretty impressive. But anyway, like uh, uh, your, your, your your original question, probably got carried carried away. That's alright. Um, the the man who started out was a fellow called Stephen O'Flaherty. Um, he was um the main man involved in organising the. Uh, I suppose the, the, the factory really and, and uh, everything associated with it at the start. Mm -hmm. But he he was um he was an Irishman of course with that name. Yeah. And uh, he he kind of involvements in the motor trade anyway in Ireland as it was up, and up until that point. He had uh, worked with Cork and uh, Ford and Cork and other places like. Um, there was no place in Dublin called McCairn's Motors. They were also involved, I think, in importing cars and stuff like that. So I suppose he might have had some experience in, yeah. in the situation and the setup of it with our rising uh, importations. And what, so years, like, what years are we talking, Dave? Oh, uh, well, uh, 1950 was when it started. Mm -hmm. 
they signed the contract in 1950, but I think he was organising it from about 1949. Uh, he was trying. Well, the story was he went over to Germany uh, to see the Volkswagen, and he came back and he said that this will never work out. Uh, he couldn't make up his mind, and he, apparently he took three more trips over, and then his wife had to go with him before he figured it. He'd take a chance at it. Like I said, he he maybe he had to put in for planning permission. Well, I just was trying to say more so that the Beetle was kind of a, I suppose it was a kind of an unusual car at the time. Because yeah. Because it didn't look like it didn't look like anything else, and no, the, the engine was in the back, and it was oh, the kind of roundy shape. Just, and I suppose he was wondering what the Irish market would they would they would they take this. Yeah, and of course, when you're talking about the Beetle and the shape of the Beetle, you, you can correct me on this now, but was the Beetle designed by Ferrari? The Beetle was designed by Porsche. Porsche, my apologies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I knew for, there was some, for, there was some, um, some, I suppose, pedigree behind it. Yeah, Ferdinand Porsche, it was, he had an original design, but of course, it was Hitler's idea originally to make it a car for the people. Wasn't it? It was fair thinking too of Stephen O'Flaherty, because at that time, I suppose Germany were they were like they were dealing with the I suppose the fallout from World War Two and everything, and I suppose well, that's the thing, yeah. Like it was an it, it was it was a chance to take, like were people going to resist everything that was German and, and say no to everything that was German, but they obviously didn't. Start production, then Dave, like you know, in Ireland. I will say before you answer that question, did the car come in in bits and pieces, or, or was it a flat pack, or was it a completely assemble you a line here? Well, uh, again, it was like a lot of stuff that came into Ireland. It was uh, what they call a CKD uh, kit, mm-hmm. complete, complete, completely knocked down. It was called. Now I don't know how unassembled the cars were, but I presume they were more or less. Just fully disassembled and again they were built as we said before in previous uh, shows the Irish parts went into them the, the glass would have the shamrocks and that type of, that type of stuff right, Irish yes. tyres and you know things like that yeah so stuff that was available uh, here like yeah, yeah local uh, local industry input mm-hmm. and when did production then start here and where was it I suppose
yeah. over another factory there. It was a clothes factory and they took it over. And it, they seemed to, I think they stayed there didn't until the finish of the production. Brilliant. And how many cars did they make and how many years did it go on for? Well, the Beetle was made until 1977. Yeah. And there was other Volkswagen models made alongside it in later years as well. Um, yeah. I think that the van was the transporter van, you know, the old engine in the back. Yes. And some some of the other stuff as well was built there. I'm not entirely sure what now exactly, but uh, there was a lot of other Volkswagen built there. It must have been a fairly big, big place. Yeah, yeah. Sure, that was a that, that was a massive. And I suppose uh, probably due to probably the same reason the Ford stopped in Cork. But what was their reasons for for ceasing production? Well, the Beatles went out of production. Uh, the European sales I think stopped in nineteen nineteen seventy seven or seventy eight. So it was yeah. just its time was up. Yeah. They, 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 they continue making it in places like Brazil. So it carried out until about 2003 in Brazil. All right, okay. Uh, you know, so it's still carried on in other parts of the world, but uh, production in, in Europe and uh, in the UK had finished up. But um, I think uh, 1977 was the year, I think, as far as I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah brilliant. I was, so, uh, I was there overall then in the Irish Volkswagen. I, I suppose history or whatever. Did they produce many Beatles here in Ireland? They seem to produce around about three and a half thousand or so a year. A year. Each, yeah. Uh, there, there was the sales. The sales were about that. Yeah. That yeah. was that was were over. Over. I suppose. I suppose it was about thirty years. Really? Uh, some years or more. We're, we're, we're busier. Nineteen seventy-two had, had more. It was over five thousand in nineteen seventy-two. Yeah. But like back in the day, every fella had a Beatles. I mean, you you remember Beatles around around the place as well as I would Yeah, like. I do well. Yeah, you 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 the sound of the Beatles, the kind of a put put put, and they're coming along like it was a non it was a recognizable sound. Anyone that once you saw it once, you knew what it was from there on. We seem to have lost Dave. We lost Dave for a second. Um, what we'll do. We're due an ad break anyway, so we'll do a quick flyer to an ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with Dave. Um, Dave is talking Beatles this morning. You're tuned to West Limerick Radio, so we'll go to an ad break, and we'll have Dave back. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. Uh, we lost Dave there before the ad break. Um, Dave is talking to us this morning about Volkswagen Beatles and he's giving us the, the update. Dave, we lost you there for a second. Technical difficulties again. Technical no, difficulties. The, the gremlins are in the air. Yeah, we always wanted to. But um, we're, we were talking numbers there, Dave, I think, before before we went off. We were, yeah. I was saying uh, it's about maybe three, three and a half thousand or so a year. Yeah. But 1972, there was over 5,000. Uh, so Brilliant. So, cause, uh, there was a lot of Beatles on the case. I can notice. There was. A good, yeah. solid car, a good tough car, and they seem to suit the Irish market well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, uh, that, um, farmers seem to like them. Apparently, the story was you could tow, you could tow a plow it across the field. Brilliant. Across gear. But, yeah. uh, you, you know, you hear, you hear all these stories about them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like... 
I suppose it was great thinking of Stephen O'Flaherty anyway in the first place to 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 bring the Beatle in and to first of all develop it in Ireland and so on like. It was, yeah. It was without a shed of a doubt. Saying that again, he was involved with other stuff as well. He had a, he had the Renault franchise for a while as well. All right, okay. And then he had the Volkswagen franchise for the for England also later on. Yes. But he sold that on to another UK company, and then in the seventies, he was involved in bringing in Toyota. Okay, he was he was he was a big time. Player so in the, the car market in Ireland. I suppose he had the experience and he was, uh, you know, he, he he was respected at that stage, so people knew that he was able to make a hand of things. The beat worked out well, so that everyone assumed that he'd, he'd make do with everything else as well, anything else that came in. Yeah, so yeah, pretty yeah. good. Fair play to him, fair play to him. And when did production then of, of Volkswagens in Ireland come to come to a cease? The factory closed in in seventy seven or whenever when they stopped the the production of the Beetle and all this, but what replaced the Beetle then? The Volkswagen. Yeah, I suppose the Golf really was kind of the the car. Uh, I suppose it was it was kind of the modern Russian. It was smaller, compact, but just front wheel drive and yeah, it had a water cooled engine. Whereas the Beetle, the air cooled engine in the back. The yeah. Yeah. The water cool engine in the front, but I suppose the Golf was really... The Golf was there, thereabouts. Yeah, and again, like you see, the Golf nowadays, like, or even back in the 80s and 90s, it was what you would say would be the farmers' car, a lot of farmers had them, they were tough and reliable. They did, yeah, they did, yeah. You know, every, every fellow had a Golf at one stage, like, they were everywhere. Yeah. And I, even nowadays. I, I had a Golf, it was 1990 KY, and it was, it was we painted it, it was a midnight metallic blue. Yeah, <laughs> that was the colour we picked out. <laughs> yeah. The cars of those years like, were extremely tough kind of cars. They were, like, yeah. Muses. They were. They were, they, were, they, were, they were sound old cars, you know, and they're not like the stuff nowadays. It's very hard to... No. You can't fix anything yourself now. No, you can't. Skin. Even to go out a car yourself now, first of all, you should be about a half an hour ripping plastic off the top of the engine before you get at anything. I know we're saying we're saying the Beetle was a good car and I, I like Beetles and all this kind of stuff. But were they were they as good or, or was it just a fact that there was nothing else there at the time? Well I'd say that, you know, there 
quite solid. Yeah. The only problem with the Beatles was it was um, the heater, the heater, what they call the heater channels. They were like ducts that came in under the in under the doors, the side doors. There was like a, for all the world, like pipes inside and the sills there. And they came up inside the dashboard to give you heat up right. the screen and into the cabin. But they used to rust because of the condensation from the hot metal and the cold metal on the other side of it. Right. They used to rust out. It was just a kind of a, I suppose, uh, you could call it a design flaw in one way, I suppose. But, uh, that was one of the, the failings of the Beetle. But the, the, the thing with the Beetle really was that the, there was a separate chassis in them. You could take the body off the Beetle completely and you could still drive the floor. Oh, right, okay. You could take off a ring of bolts all the way around and take off your cabin, you call it. Dave again. We don't know what happened, Dave. Dave is gone again. But um, I don't know what happened, Dave. There, he just died all of a sudden. But um, Dave was saying there about the cars and 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 the circle of eighteen bolts. Um, I heard one time, but I'm right around. We're going to try and get Dave back here straight away if we can. I heard one time, but I'm right around that in the factory in Germany when they were producing the Beatles, that. They like that. They had a Volkswagen car, they had a Beetle car, but they had the body taken off of it, and they had the car used as kind of a a, a van. They the the back was openness, and apparently that's where the idea for the for the the first kind of Volkswagen transporter, the first Volkswagen van came from. So um, that's kind of a small small bit of stupid information. We're trying to get Dave back here, but um. There, there's a problem with the phones, so we'll just have to kind of wing it as we go along. Um, hang on a minute now. We're going to see can we get Dave back straight away, but we we we'll we'll try and talk to Dave again. But Volkswagen, of course, had massive, massive numbers throughout Ireland and throughout the whole world. They had fantastic numbers of cars, which they sold. Where the phone is ringing again, and <laughs> we have Dave. Dave is back with us again. Dave, you're welcome back for the third time. The third time, third time lucky. Third time lucky, Dave. <laughs> We're going to get cut off again probably in a few minutes because I'd say it is my battery and my phone. That's not great. Okay, right, yeah. But we, we, we'll talk away for a few minutes until that happens. But, um, but no, Volkswagen, of course, I'm just saying there, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong in saying it. I was told one time that... Um, the Volkswagen, how they came up with the idea of the transporter was they had a Volkswagen car with the body taken off of it and yeah. they had the back of it as for carrying stuff around the factory. That's, I think that story is true, yeah. They kind of built a box or a flat body up in the back of it and they used it as a, a factory trans, a transporter. Yeah. That's probably what the name came from as well. And yeah, I think that story is true, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. They know we can make this into... Um, yeah, and of course, the the Volkswagen Beetle, an original Beetle or an original transporter van, they're making absolutely frightening money now. Well, that's the thing. So yeah, the older the Beetle, the more it's worth. Yeah. And it's 
some of the test waters, depending on the style of it, the ones with all the windows, it could be thirty or forty thousand, no problem. Yeah, a fantastic price, like for probably a car yeah. that there wasn't a whole pile thought of when it was ten or fifteen oh. years old. Well, that's the thing, you see, they were probably dumped in barns and sheds and yards and everything, and just left it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if there's anyone listening and they have a, a Volkswagen Beetle or Volkswagen Transporter, can they contact yourself, Dave? Yeah, at, at, at very handy money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll do a deal. We'll do it so when we come to the arrangement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'll go up and down. Um, you'll wash the windows or you'll power wash the footpaths or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, so, Dave. Um, thank you again for coming on with us. No, but thanks for having me again. Thanks for coming on. We, we appreciate your time. We'll send you out a Christmas card and a box of roses at Christmas there. Yeah, that's all right, Dave. And um, thanks very much. And if, like I said, if there's, if there's anyone listening and they they want to supply my, myself and Dave with, um, I suppose, a couple of jackets or something or you know, something like that, they can send them on to us as well, can't they, Dave? We can promote uh, anyone. Yeah, we 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 can do advertising as well. No yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can all, we can work on that. Dave, thank you very much. And have you anything in the head for us for maybe next week or two weeks' time if you're available? That's all right. I'm not quite I, sure yet, but we, we'll figure something out. I've no doubt you'll come up with something for me. <laughs> we always come up with something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some few lies anyway. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Talk, talk to you soon. Cheers, bye. Dave. Thank you. Bye now. Brilliant. Dave Corn there. We'll be lost without him. Dave, Dave is our resident car guru. Dave is the man we'll... We'll talk to about cars. Hopefully Dave will get a chance to come back with us again maybe in two weeks' time or maybe next week. We'll see how we go. And um, Dave can tell us all about um, his next car that we're going to talk about. That's kind of it for myself for this morning. Thank you very much for, for tuning our way. And thanks again to Malcolm Brown. And thanks for who spoke to us about Belarus tractors. I could talk about Belarus tractors and tractors in general until the cows come home. But um, unfortunately we don't have that kind of time. And thanks again to Dave for telling us all about Volkswagens. I never knew until this morning that Volkswagens were built in, in, in Dublin. Um, never, never knew it. Never, I knew there was a, a Morris Minor built in Dublin, but or in Ireland, but never knew that the uh, Volkswagen was. Um, for a, a small country, we, we do pack a, a large punch. Um, thanks to Dave. Thanks to Malcolm Brown. Um, Thanks to Patrick here in, in the radio station. Patrick, we'd be lost without you with your editing skills and putting this all together for us. And um, I suppose some of you know at this stage, we're, we're, all our shows, the last couple of weeks, have gone up on the podcast. Um, so you can listen back to, we, we spoke to to Stephen, Green, Stephen Granger about the David Browns. We spoke to Dave there about the DeLorean. We spoke to Dave about Ford. We spoke to Dave now this morning about Volkswagen. We have Malcolm Brown about the Belarus. Um, what else is there? There's a couple more of them. Um, get on to your, your favourite podcast, whether it be Spotify or whatever it might be, and type in Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life, and you can find the podcast up there, and you can um, send them on to your friends. and They might have an interest in listening back about the history of cars and, and whatnot. Um I don't have a plan for next week yet, 
but um hopefully we might talk we will talk tractors um we we, we i'll pull someone up <laughs> i get someone to talk to me about about tractors and about the history of tractors and we will we'll pick a brand um we don't know what brand we'll pick but look we will pick some brand in the next day or two i'll come up with some kind of a plan um check out the youtube channel morgan o'flaherty um on youtube i have a good few stuff bit of stuff up there about belarises and um that's kind of it for myself thanks for tuning in thanks again to patrick thanks to dave thanks to malcolm brown um and keep safe out there and uh, stay at home stay within your county do whatever you have to do to we'll all stick 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 in this thing together and um hopefully i'll talk to you next week and um all right you're tuned to westernic radio have a safe day you have been listening to country life morgan o'flaherty on westernic 102 fm